G'day, you wonderful human. It's Matty C here. We love that you make time to fit us at the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show into your day, and we want to help even more fantasy football players, no matter where you're from. To do this, we need your help. If you can tell just one person this week about our show and share where you listen to us, we'd be really appreciative of the support. Testimony from you who already join us and are part of our team really does help us reach new people. Also, giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app helps more people find the show, and it's more effective than you'd think. It's free, costs nothing, and takes just a moment of your time. We'd really love if you could help us so we can keep helping more people. Now, we ain't here for a haircut. Let's get into it. The Aussie NFL Fantasy Show would like to acknowledge the traditional land owners and the leaders past, present and emerging of Ngunnawal, Ngambri and Darawal countries where we are working from today. This always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. We call it as it was menage a trois or a manjot a trois. Yeah, it's a manjot a trois. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. You've got to stop looking at my search history. And we're going to find out whether it's worse to have Melvin Gordon or diarrhea. Aussie? Wait, I've got these two coming at my face. I was just wondering if Maddie was doing the same to you then, uh, Joel. I, I, didn't, no. I didn't know. I haven't got those two coming at my face, manjot. Definitely not. NFL? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what their team's Called Wankers, Washington Wankers. Called. Fantasy. As I said earlier on to you, Matt, this is, uh, you're like a rat with a gold tooth now. Um, yeah, that, a rat with a gold tooth. Shoot house to the penthouse, as they say. <laughs> this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. I'm upset that I wasn't the mystery. I'm really upset. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be the mystery. Well, guys, welcome to August and only five weeks until the NFL kicks off for a brand new season. This is the speculation station sort of time of year over this next four weeks. So you're going to get hype and shade on players and their fantasy outlook from all kinds of wonderful places, and we are no exception. So in the red corner, <laughs> it's our resident red team truther, who I've been talking about his red team off mic before we kicked it off. It's the voice of Australian gridiron, whether it be contact or flag now, it's Manjot Melly. Hey, yeah, we just went up to Sydney, you know, got the flag tournament highlights we're doing. All week on Patient Press NFL, real excited. You know, starting off these highlights, ideas, and everything. Yeah. Oh, should I say hello, by the way? I'm sorry, I came in hi. without that. Hello. <laughs> hey, Maddie. Hey, Taylor. Skip yeah, it a bit sorry. when you say hi. <laughs> yeah, I skipped that bit. My bad. Well. But, you know, yeah, I, I just got too excited because, you know, I want to talk about Sydney. You know, that was a great trip. Um, appreciative yeah. of all the... Monarchs players, all the guys, the girls, you know, they're all amazing. I uh, had a lot of team dinners and everything. Got, got to get the insights in the team meetings and really learn strategy and the inside, inside of a football team. So, you know, that, that was fun as well. I thought, you know, that was that was one of the best parts of it. I, I bet, Maddie, in your career, you would have loved that as well. So, 100% yeah, yeah, like in your in your contact career back in the day, you would have loved that. So yeah, yeah. like the team meeting and everything. Yeah, that was fun. So you know, a lot of that uh, was watching tape to see how much Maddie got smashed by big fat guys, though. So that was <laughs> that was part of it. We used to have this award at the Astros at the end of each year for who took the biggest hit, and I think three out of about five years it was me because. Well, man, I think any big guy is going to want to give a little guy their best shot. But every little guy wants to give a little guy their best shot too. So, you know, you're kind of this walking target. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every safety, every lineman wants you, Maddie. Uh, even a little corner, if you're up, you know, if you're off your feet, they, they just want to hit you with a highlight shot. So. <laughs> anyway, I digress. It's your, this is your intro, mate. So let's not talk about me. 
Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> you know, that that was pretty much all I had to say, but, you know, just massive <laughs> thanks to all the, all the boys, all the girls, you know, all the yep. coaches, everyone, ACTG, let me go to, you know, film the highlights. We got every play from every game of the Monarchs, minus about 10 when I had to charge my phone, I think. But <laughs> that was about it. That was, uh, that was yeah, 10 when I had to charge, either charge my phone or eat. Because I was yep, like yep, standing in the sun. I was standing in the sun for six hours a day, like literally just standing and walking. Like I didn't sit down for a whole yeah. six hours both days. Like, yeah, six hours on Saturday, six hours Sunday. And it was like warm those two days. Yeah. I was not expecting it to for July, like to be that warm. The middle like, of winter in crazy. Australia, right? Middle of yeah. winter in Australia. You're not expecting that. And, and you'll have knees like Taylor and I uh, at this stage <laughs> of your young life, mate, after that. Taylor, how are your knees, Oh, mate? yeah. <laughs> mate, they're, they're absolutely brutal right now. Doesn't 100%. matter. I, I, I step on the basketball court and they just they just disappear from my body. Yeah. They, I have oh. no knees to speak of. That's what you got to look forward to, man. Mine just ran from one side of Britain to the other, and they're completely cactus. It's been four weeks. They're still no good. So uh, that's what you got to look forward to, mate. But, uh, mate, uh, where do people find your recaps on the the flag tournament and and all your usual extraordinarily good content in the lead-up to NFL season? Where do we find it all? Hey, Press NFL, of course. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. And that's on on Instagram. Sorry, Instagram and, and threads at Pastry Press NFL. By the way, Twitter, not Twitter anymore. We'll talk about that later. By the way, in the blue corner, it's our resident blue team truther. Do we say that? Um, The voice of every Aussie man and and some Kiwi men too. It's Taylor Goodall. G'day, mate. Thanks, mate. Moister than a Chris Olave oyster at the moment. (laughs) And then I I also feel like that because I'm in God's country at the moment. Newcastle. Newcastle. Boys are absolutely on fire. Another blue and red team uh, from the oh, yes. rugby league in Australia, but boys are absolutely killing it. I would have actually uh, driven down to watch them in Canberra last week if yeah. I wasn't moving house and had been uh, basically uh, doing stuff for the house move in the last three or four weekends. But absolutely, uh, I digress now, and I can't wait to actually talk some a bit more NFL yeah. and talk a bit more fantasy uh, division-based, and then I uh, get into another mock later in the episode. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, and two things about that real quick. One, it would have been a great day to come down because the Knights got out to like a 20 nil half-time lead. Like, it was just a great start for the Knights against the Raiders. Just here pumping and the weapon shit out of them. 100%. And, and, and then milk, I actually saw... Milk was a bad choice. Milk was a But I also saw the first thing you'd set up in the move was your Shrine to Astros Championships oh, and yeah. uh, podcast um, competition wins. So uh, I'm really impressed. First yeah. off, first thing off, first cab off the rank, mate. <laughs> first thing I had to do was make sure my... Uh, my Astro League trophy was set up perfectly. Of course, my uh, bronze shack dick uh, from winning last year's uh, <laughs> Stars of the Week was was set up perfectly. And uh, obviously, my dynasty, uh, it's not really a trophy. It's more of like a... Uh, it's like a plaque. It's like a, it's uh, my my dynasty league that I'm in with a few of my mates. It's only two league, uh, two years old, and I've won both both years and uh, happened to go seven. Went seventeen and one last year and won the title. So I'm, I'm oh uh, pretty God. proud of that one. So yeah, that one sits right in the middle because it takes up the most room. And uh, they decided yeah, to yeah. make a special plaque this year with the uh, initial draft from our uh, startup dynasty uh, sleeper draft from a couple of years ago. It's pretty cool. 
It is really cool, actually. Um, and uh, that's actually one thing I, I think we should talk about too in one of these coming episodes as the season gets closer. What, what's your what's your league traditions? And, and we'd like to get a bit of feedback around this and try and get some listeners engaged with what we do as the season approaches. Can I, but, sorry, can I bring up one thing? Get in there. I actually I went to last episode. I can't remember what we were talking about. Did our people like to have a punishment? For uh, if you get lost, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I'm in a league with a few guys, and and uh, they've, they've taken on. So I'm a I'm not a commissioner. So I'm a commissioner of one league, but I I actually came up with an idea in a league uh, to do a draft order uh, where I came up with a horse race. So basically, uh, I don't tell anyone where this horse race is actually happening. All I know is that it's a, if if you're in a ten team league, twelve team league, whatever. Let's say for this instance of the 10 team league i pick a race somewhere on that day and it has 10 horses and everyone sends me their number from one to ten and they have no oh, idea yeah. where it is so they can't just pick a favorite and then basically i tell them like an hour later where that race is happening once they've all put their number in and uh-huh. then we watch it and then the draft order is uh determined by where the horses finish it's just oh, yeah. a cool idea for that but i love that we- we also, I got them to do that, but then we decided we need something for last place. So in the, we all are in the Illawarra area, and, uh, okay. and they have a they have a gridiron team called the Mustangs. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I've actually they we used to be sponsored by a club that I worked at, and we were like, all right, let's do something really funny. Whoever gets last this year has to try out for the Mustangs at O line. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yes. And, and yes. the other, the other 11 guys have to turn up and watch them and just, like, give them shit from the sideline the entire time. <laughs> and, like, it's so funny because we really, really vary, like, from me to a guy who's in the league who probably is 55 kilos. Probably yeah, so my size. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I reckon he, he would be easily probably. shorter than you and probably yeah. the same width. So he... <laughs> Well, that so guy is going to be a field goal kick holder. I don't yeah, think, think they'd let him try for his own safety. If Dark but that's what I mean. Like, we're like, we're, it has to Put be, him out we there. Because we kept saying, we're like, oh, is, can it be any position and stuff? We're like, no, no, it has to be O-line because it has to be funny. Like, it has to be, yeah. like, <laughs> it, it needs to be, like, hilarious. But the thing was, we were like, well, what if it's me trying out? Like, wouldn't that be funnier if I tried out for something that wasn't suited for me? Yeah, like, kick <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that was that was the thing. It was like hell. Hell, it'd be even hilarious if you try out the kicker and you're just horrendous as well. Kicker. But long we, snapper. <laughs> I think I think that was just like the bones of it. Is like you got to try out basically for the team and there the other eleven guys. Put yourself in harm's way and look like a moron, shit. pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I that'd it. be a hilarious idea. I love it. And it's a Bortz Aussie gridiron, which we also love, don't we, Major? Yeah, we do. We do. I love this idea. I think we should have this idea, you know, across leagues across Australia. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That does mean in our league, Pete's got to try out for an Australian Canberra, like, gridiron team. And I think he'd probably get a walk-up start at a couple. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's he not just retired. Really if you're actually good at it, it's not funny. <laughs> no, maybe we should get him yeah. to try out at kicker for, uh, I don't know, the Gladiators this year or something. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll workshop this. <laughs> uh, if we come last, yeah. I feel like I'm too old. Sorry, man. You're taking a hit for the team. Uh- <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'd have to. But, you know, they, they they know, like, all the boys know that 
I can't be taking hits when I'm getting when I'm commentating them. You know, a few of these boys being very nice to me across uh, uh, camp and everything. Yeah, I bet. Very I bet because nice. you're media now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all know. Like you, you can know, drive I'm, narrative. <laughs> yeah, I'm driving narratives at. <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah, we're going to be royalty down at the uh, field this season, mate. You and I, yeah. but especially you. You've got the golden, you got the golden vocal cords, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there's been, there, there's going to be interesting times, I reckon, at the field. Yeah. I'm just excited, just excited. But you know, I'm ready to talk some fantasy, Matty. I've been, been real excited about this idea, the division previews. I mean, I know it's not suited for fantasy usually, but. We can show the viewers that, hey, we, we know every single fantasy football player and we're going to show you. So we're going to discuss every yeah. single fantasy player, aren't we, Matty? Well, we're going to follow the approach of our brothers at G'day, Gridiron, and uh, they're our esteemed colleagues, including you, Manjot, who, who hey. um, you, you do double time, brother. So respectfully knowing that you guys spend the time on division at a time to go through it in a really NFL way, we're going to... We're going to follow suit in terms of let's let's talk about the same teams because, um, you know, we're brothers in a network, but we're going to provide you with the analysis on players to look out for, who matters, who to avoid in fantasy, and we're going to take a look at every team, as I say, division by division, but we're going to attack it in that compass style, and the sun rises in the east, so that's where we're going to start. Tonight, we're tackling both the NFC and the AFC East divisions. This is going to continue all August long, and with any luck, we should get to run a mock draft at the end of every show. So there's the incentive to keep you guys on track and for me to shh while you guys are giving your analysis. And that will hopefully help keep up with pace changes of players who are getting hype and players who are fading in the market and our analysis on that to really provide some good help about how to continue to draft through this month where players are going to be getting hyped and shaded all the time. We're going to hear great reports, poor reports. It's going to be tough to know what's news and what's noise. So that is the goal in August. Next week, we'll be doing the North and the West and the South. That's how we're going to get through August and hopefully a mock draft at the end of each episode. I'm fucking charged up. How about you, fellas? You ready? Oh, oh, I'm ready. Get yeah. the oh, I- on the helmet and slap in my chest and he's going, oh! All I know is Russell Wilson's shit. <laughs> now, I wore a Denver-inspired shirt for you tonight, so I don't know if you can see this. Uh, this one. But that there. Oh, God. That's a blue bronco. It looks, it looks like bronco. it looks like a horse is is farting like gat. Like it looks like it's shitting water or something. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sort of is. Uh, it's like a jet stream of shite. Um, yeah. This is this is called Blucifer, and it's a, a big statue of a, a bucking up bronco outside the Denver International Airport, and it is fucking bluer than shit. Horrible color, but its eyes are like red lights and it just looks fucking possessed. So, like, it's, it's actually got a proper name, like Bucking Bronco or something like that. Wild Horse? I don't know. The artist gave it a name, but the locals call it Blucifer, which I think is hilarious. And <laughs> weird story, the artist actually didn't complete it. It fell on him and he died. So, he's like, cousin had to finish it or something like that. There's a big story to it. It's, it's So, the horse is possessed. So he died like Russell Wilson's fantasy value. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 Which is why he won't come up when we talk about the West. Uh, let's get a drop in. We got like five drops from the Jolio and Brendan episode last week. 
I think that's so funny. So we're going to rub it in this week. Let's throw one in. And we're going to come back and we're going to go straight to the NFC East. Probably something about Pornhub. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. How much did he pay? How much did he pay you? That's between me and Matty. <laughs> about the same as I've paid you two knuckleheads. <laughs> I pay for his Pornhub subscription. <laughs> I just share my login details with him. Okay, maybe, maybe I'll agree with Matt also then. <laughs> Aussie? I feel like Mugatu, like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, like I understand. <laughs> He's still hot right now. <laughs> yeah, I understand. NFL? I'm just going to start taking shots. Stack that bitch up, Brendo! Makes sense. Love yeah. a stack that bitch up. Hey. Fantasy. Uh, remember when Hawkins played for the Titans? Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can never have too many Titans. Taysom Hill joins the team. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Chubb, Chubb. 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 That sounds Chubb. a little dirty. That's like the video. Brendan has sent me stuff on Chubb cuffing in the past and it's not safe for work. <laughs> well, you know, there was a lot about Pornhub last week, so I'm glad we got off to that start. Fellas, the NFC East, what, the way we're going to arrange this is that um, but we just go from the team who finished in last place in the division each uh, and just work our way up to the team who won the division in each. So that means we're kicking off with the Washington somethings. Um, they've got a new owner. They're probably going to get a new name. They need a new quarterback. I'm not sure that there's really a fantasy-relevant quarterback to talk about here. Tay, when I said this in pre-show, you kind of it's a full moon here in the ACT today. And you kind of reacted like there was a full moon. Do you need to talk about Sam Howe? Uh, no, nah, not really. Yeah, I think that's about all the analysis we've got. <laughs> I, just, I, just li- I just like to do that. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I feel like he has the ability to yeah, – he has the running game. Like, There's definitely a fantasy asset in there, but do I believe that he's going to be someone that people are going to be drafting in leagues. No, I don't. He, he might be someone that he's a definite watch. Uh, if you've got, if there's, if he's sitting on dynasty uh, waiver wire, I would definitely pick him up because I think he has a fantasy friendly game. But do I believe like straight off the bat that he's going to be some great fantasy asset? No, I don't. And the beef brisket's sitting there right behind him to uh, take over as soon as anything goes awry. So, Look, I, I, I don't trust that he's going to be some awesome fantasy asset or some awesome quarterback, but I do believe there is some ability there. So if you're in a if you're in a dynasty, I would pick him up, but I wouldn't be putting him in a pretty much any league, honestly. Like even a sixteen teamer, you're probably not going to have a deep bench. So I, I would he's a wait and see for me. So Manjo, do, do you differ an opinion here? No, except that they should have got Gardner Minshew in the offseason. That's yeah. it. Oh, man, that guy. So, um, look, I think we agree. Unless it's a two-quarterback league, really, really deep dynasty, probably nothing to see here. In terms of the running backs, keeping with Manjot here, the running backs in the room there are Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. They're the ones who are the most noteworthy. Are you looking at either of them? Where are you looking at them? What roles do they got? Where do you draft them? Yeah, honestly, I'd say with Antonio Gibson, I think, unfortunately, as much as I was campaigning the other way, Last year, I think Gibson this year is going to be the better starter over Robinson in fantasy. I I think Gibson at his best can be like a solid running back too. I think he's got a decent enough floor where he's at least, you know, a good flex play most leagues, but his ceiling is just a running back too in most leagues, I would say. And Robinson, 
I'd say the same. It just depends. I think Robinson, just if they let him realize his full potential, maybe he can be the same, like, sort of floor and ceiling as I just mentioned. But, yeah, up until then, like, if he doesn't get opportunity, he's not really going to be that fantasy worthy. So, Tay, what do you think their roles are? How do you distinguish between these two? You've got Gibson Fair a bit higher than Robinson. Explain that one. Yeah, so they've pretty much come out and and said that uh, Gibson's probably going to take the uh, old J.D. McKissick role and uh, Robinson's going to be the sort of bruiser. He's going to, you know, take the um, in-between-the-tackles role. And I just think in general that we even saw this from J.D. McKissick in the past, especially in those last two minutes and the two-minute drill, that it seems to me that that's the more fantasy-relevant role in that backfield. And and as much as, um, as, much as Robinson looked fine he just to me didn't look like he had a lot of upside like he looked like to me he's going to be your standard he'll get a he'll get a fair bit of volume like he might get 12 to 15 carries but i can see him being this kind of guy that if he doesn't score a touchdown he's just not going to be relevant to your fantasy team each week he's going to be 15 for 75 or something like that no touchdown and no catches you're not going to get really much relevance in fantasy from that. Whereas I can see Gibson having less touches but being more relevant for fantasy. And and that's exactly what you saw out of JD McKissick when he was there. And I think honestly Gibson being a former wide receiver, I think you're gonna actually see similar um, output out of him that you saw out of McKissick. Maybe slightly more relevant because I think he can actually take some of the rush attempts as well. So if you're looking at say, six to seven rush attempts from a Gibson, but four or five receptions. I think that's worth way more than 12 to 15 carries from Robinson. Yeah, it changes things. I mean, I had them sort of ranked kind of in the same range because mm, I don't know how to discern them at this point and what this snapshot is going to be like. But, look, you had Gibson well ahead. I know you got some confidence in him. And, and I, I understand why, considering most leagues are PPR. That's a huge thing to consider. The wide yeah. receivers, though... We were all pretty well blanket on Terry McLaurin is yeah, 20-ish. Um, nice and firm on him being 20-ish. It's Jahan Dotson that I'm interested to learn a little bit about. Because, again, Taylor, you're pretty high on him. What's the dealio? I am. And, honestly, just just generally, I think Eric Bieniemy. I've said that name a fair few times uh, yep. on the podcast in this preseason. I just think he's going to add a lot more offense to this team. I think they're going to be a lot more slick on the offensive side of the ball. And it wasn't so much that I think either of those guys are all of a sudden going to break into a top 10. I just gave them both a bit of a bump. And I think McLaurin still, to me, is the better player uh, at this stage. But I saw a lot out of Dodson that gave me reason to think that he's going to take a year two jump as well. And and honestly, I don't see anyone else in this team that's going to take anything. So I always get a little bit sort of giddy when I think there's a reason why a team's going to move forward and there's only two guys, really, it's going to take all of it. If I had to pick between the two, it would be Dotson at their ADP currently. Uh, but I think they both have an opportunity to, to really beat their average draft position this year, just purely because I think the enemy's going to help that offense because they really haven't had a great uh, play caller in the last few years. I definitely have not. Manjot, you and I. Far cooler. We're definitely in that zone that Taylor mentioned in terms of that sort of 40-ish range for Jahan Dotson. Explain why. I reckon, well, it's just not really <laughs> because of him. It's because, you know, the wide receivers that I have ranked above him, I'm a bit more confident in. That's why 
And honestly, yeah. it's the quarterback situation that's really the downturn for me. Like, I just I just don't believe in Sam Howell. I don't believe in Jacoby, Beef, Brisket, Brissett. But, you know, I, I just don't Brisket. believe. Yeah. I, I yeah for those believe- at home, that's who we mean when we say the Beef, Brisket. But carry on. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make sure they know. All right. Um, yeah, no, you're right, man. I, that was a good call. Yeah. I, I just don't I just don't trust the quarterbacks. That's my big problem. I know I know fantasy like, you know, you have bad quarterbacks, they can throw a lot of volume to like the best wide receivers. And well, I mean Terry McLaurin is that number one wide receiver on the team. There's no doubt about it. So I think if they're gonna have any success in the passing game, well, it's all gonna go to McLaurin, right? Like Dotson's gonna get a few big games here and there, but not too many to piece together like a full season, I would say. Is there a third receiver we even need to consider here? I it can be no. Really... That's a long pause. I... You can just go no. Yeah. <laughs> I just think no, there's not really much there receiver from Washington. In terms of fantasy, apart from McLaurin and yeah. Dotson, like that's. I'll um, I'll throw one other name out there. It's from a previous regime, but um, they did bring in Curtis Samuel uh on a on a yeah. pre contract. But he, it was a really weird situation. Like he wasn't used as a traditional wide receiver. Like he was getting snaps at running back, sort of. Like he was obviously playing like that sort of half Debo sort of old role, but. I don't know, but he's had huge groin issues. Like, he just hasn't been healthy since he's yeah. been at Washington. And yeah. I've got him in a dynasty league, and he's, and he's a perfectly good stash in a dynasty format or a really, really deep league just to sort of see how it pans out with the enemy because you don't know exactly what he's going to do there. Like, he might bring in a Samuel and give him a lot of snaps at running back, and all of a sudden you've got a guy that's actually getting, like, red zone work from the running back position. It's not bad, but I, I wouldn't be trusting it. Like, I'd be wanting him to take him as pretty much my last pick in my draft. I mean, we've seen Demarcus Robinson and Tyreek do those kinds of things in a enemy system, so I get it. And, again, it's a Rivera team. Rivera was the reason that Samuel's there. So I, I get all of these things, and I think it's worthwhile just saying, is there a third guy? We're not drafting him. Oh, my God, we're not drafting him. But just just put a circle around him on your draft board, okay, because he might become useful later on in the season. Tight end, what kind of league man do you have to be in to give half a rat's ass about Logan Thomas or anybody who rhymes <laughs> with that? I mean, you'd have to be in, like, a two-tight end league at that point, like – I, I'm not even taking Logan Thomas in my top 20 tight ends, probably. Maybe, maybe that's a bit far, but I just don't think he's that good. Uh, if they're <laughs> going to, like like I said, with passing. Hey, I made the dick hole. Uh, I, I don't even know why we named him that, but once <laughs> one day that slipped out of one of our lips. I don't even know whose it was, and I'm not going to blame you or take credit either. Uh, but, mate, what what size league do you have to be in? Well, I'll take credit for that because he was, was getting he? drafted. He was getting drafted so high in that in that time that I brought him up being the dickhole. I was just so against drafting him, <laughs> and it actually turned out to be one of my better calls. And honestly, the only reason he ever had relevance in fantasy was when it was just McLaurin and him. There was no one else, so I, I just think he was misnecessary. 
in that offense at that time. And now there's other guys that have come in and sort of usurped him. And I just don't think this offense is going to be predicated on the tight end position like it was a few years ago. Uh, and I just don't think he's going to be that like relevant at all in fantasy. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, I think that is about all the commanders talk we can do right now. The next team in that division who came third, but they made the playoffs, is the mighty fighting New York football giants. Big Blue Avenue start, Daniel Jones at quarterback. We all kind of like him this year, right? Tay, you like him? I do. I'll be honest, and I even brought it up on last week's mock. I'm staring a little bit. Like, I had him nine early. Honestly, when I sort of do my last sort of rankings before the year, I'll probably drop him a little bit more. But that's not to say that I don't have any trust in him. Honestly, I think he's actually got a better situation than he had last year. And last year, he actually put together quite a good fantasy season. And bringing in Darren Waller, I'm actually getting a lot higher and higher, honestly, every week that happened on Darren Waller. I honestly think if he stays healthy, he has a huge opportunity. There really isn't anyone else that is looking like it's going to take volume out of his game at all. And Daniel Jones needs to prove it in the passing game. I get that. But we just saw in the first year, like, you know, an actual coach coming in to actually work on his strengths showed what he can do. He had over 700 yards rushing last year. And if he can go anywhere near that again this year with a bit better passing usage... Uh, I, I honestly think he could have a great, great season. I don't think he's ever going to crack it into like the top five in fantasy. But honestly, I could see him easily getting in that five to ten range. But again, like I, I took a guy like Gino over him just because it made more sense for my team. And I think he's a better passer. But I would not be surprised to see Daniel Jones purely because of that rushing ability end up somewhere in that six to ten range in, in quarterback rankings. I mean, we're all taking him as 10 or outside. Manjo, you were the coolest on him, kind of for some of the reasons that Taylor's saying by the sounds. But what do you think his outlook is for fantasy this year? Look, Daniel Jones is a hard player to breed at the moment with him because I know he's got good rushing upside, but as I said, good at grind this week, like his passing touchdown numbers have been absolutely so low uh, amongst like any normal quarterback. Like you look at him, he only had, what, 15 last year, 15 passing TDs and 3,200 yards. I, I guess he made up for it in terms of rushing, but that that said, that may also mean that he's not that good in real life and teams might, you know, pressure him more, take away that run game a bit more because they know, hey, Daniel Jones, we'll dare you to beat us in the air we don't think you can do it. And he it's up to him to prove himself. So there's that sort of element as well, I would say, with Daniel Jones. I just think he's he's that sort of guy where it's, it's a bit hard, I would say, to judge him at the moment. Um, but it just depends on, as you said, Taylor, with Waller, like if Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton can make a leap, Jaron Hyatt can come in and make a difference. Saquon can stay healthy. Like, there's a lot of question marks about Daniel Jones. So that's why I'm a bit cooler on him than you guys are. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, with a little bit of a brushstroke over every other skill position there, the question for me then is, well, do you have to worry about Daniel Jones beating you through the air if you've got Saquon and he's going to be there and he's getting money? Tay, what do you think about Saquon now? <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with him. Honestly, I'll I'll take him on that high end of the top ten uh, in fantasy. Um, I, I 
I never really worried so much about his holdout. I thought he was always going to come back to the team, and I didn't think it'd be that quick. But obviously, he got you know at least somewhat what he wanted. And I, I just think Saquon's going to be so necessary for this team. Well, I know I just said that Waller turned up, but they really don't have a second proper option in that passing game. So I think he's going to get a lot of passing down work. And I just think in general, they're going to need to run the ball and sort of just lean on that a bit. It's all systems go for Saquon this year. I'll, I'll be drafting him in at least a couple of leagues this year, I believe. Manjot, is your belief in Saquon similar now? Yeah, now that he's signed again, I mean, I'm just going to keep him in the same spot. I had him at running back eight. Yeah, maybe he can be moved up a couple spots, maybe. Honestly, I'm I'm excited to see Saquon again. I just think he's going to have another solid year, and I'm excited. What a difference a couple of days make too, right? Because this time last week, everything was uncertain. Now nothing's uncertain and the confidence is back, right, Tay? Yeah, just a general thing, and I've seen this from a lot of physios, whether it's in Australia talking about NRL players or or guys talking about NFL players, whenever someone has a major injury, you always look at them two years later. Like the year they come back, sometimes they're not at full fitness and and, and sometimes they're not just 100% themselves. Saquon kind of had a, had a pretty good year last year compared to what everyone was thinking about his injuries and things like that. I'm looking at him now as an even bigger bounce back two years removed from his real major injuries. So... That's something I'm definitely looking at, and I, I, I do that in my uh, NRL, NRL fantasy as well. I look at guys that are two years removed from a major injury because they probably still aren't market corrected, and everyone looks at what they did last year. Um, I reckon Saquon could actually be even better this year than he was last year. <laughs> the old, when they first come back, they're too high, and then after the uh, the disappointing year, they're too low, right? The yep. old post-hype sleeper, I hear them called, and I, and I love it. The man, Jot. What the fuck does he have to throw to in wide receivers? What even the fuck is there, mate? Show us what's in the cupboard. All right. Look, you got Sterling Shepard, who was injured last year, and Slayton coming back this year, just signed with them, I think, as well. He got a new deal. So doesn't really have a good one-two punch, to be honest. But then you look at the rookie they've got, Jalen Hyatt. Now there's a bit of interest there. Look, I was looking at a few clips today. He actually ran 24 miles per hour in training camp, which would have been the fastest in the NFL last year, which is absolutely insane. Like, that's insane speed. I was watching some of the clips. He's just moving like he's on freaking teleportation. Like, he's just just got a fucking teleporter on him. Like, this dude just moves like damn. Like, damn, if they can develop his route running... This kid could be good. So, you know, he's not going to be good day one, but I think, you know, maybe towards the end of the season, he could be great. Like, I, I think maybe like a Christian Watson, potentially, like last year, I think that could be in the realm for Jalen Hyatt this year. All right, so quick scan of the wide receivers, Tay. None of us have ranked fucking any of them. So, is that right? <laughs> it's 100% right, and I spoke to you a few weeks ago that, it's funny how you get to the end of an Astro League mock and like yeah. the last pick you have 
is about four Giants receivers. <laughs> and it's just like no one can figure out who's going to be like the one. And like all of them at, are at the end of an Astro League 16 team style mock as the last pick in the draft. So that proves exactly what everyone's thinking right now. I have Jalen Hyatt as Van Jod just gave him a bit of a boost. I picked yep. him as my first uh, rookie pick in my people's dynasty uh, <laughs> draft that I went hey. 17 and one last year. He was my 405 pick, so I'm uh, hoping to get something out of him. That would be great, even if it's a trade asset for later because I'm yeah. obviously a win-now team. Uh, but, uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see him. I, I spoke about him early, earlier in the preseason. I don't know how much help he's going to give Daniel Jones just because he, he's such a burner. And I'm not sold that that's Jones's game. Like I think Jones yeah. is probably going to be more predicated on those shorter intermediate routes, hitting Waller, hitting a, hitting his hundred slot receivers. Like how many slot guys can you have on a play at once? I, I feel like the Giants have just Six. decided to draft every <laughs> slot receiver in the league. Um, so I, I really don't think any of them are going to be relevant for fantasy because, like, I just don't think like you'll get. All of them will probably have like a flashy game, but outside of Waller, I just don't see maybe Slayton as a real, real like grab at the end of a draft, but I don't trust anyone in that war to see the core right now. Uh, fair enough. And I mean, so you got Waller as a, we're all saying top five ish tight end. That's about right, I think. But Manjot, what is a top five tight end in this, this day and age? What does it matter? No, I don't know. Like, Top five tight end these days might be like, I don't know, top five trash at this point. Except for Kelsey, of course. And then the rest are nobodies pretty much. But it's an absolute <laughs> asshole position, 100%. I agree with Taylor. I think that they're actually going to be good. I, I was just joking. I think there's some value there in a top five tight end. It's not as much as like a top five quarterback, obviously, not yeah. as much as top five in any other position. It's probably the lowest top five you can get. Even kick a top <laughs> five might be might be better at this point. Oh, but okay. yeah, yeah. But I think I think that might be a bit far there. But I, I think even though he could be top five it might not matter too much for fantasy owners in terms of like a difference between him and other tight ends around him. So, I mean, Tay, the guys in that area in tight end are guys like Kittle got it. It's, I don't think anyone's going to be boat racing in to beat you to some Darren Waller shares, but would you be excited to have him if he was your tight end? Oh, look, you know, me and you are pretty similar in this in this vein. We're pretty much first or last at tight end. So we're probably yeah. not going to have a lot of shares of him, but like uh, Major said, it's probably more that top three you're really after. If he's top five, he's four or five, and you've got him as tight end seven or eight in a draft, you're, you're fine, but you're also not sitting there thinking you've won your league because you've got him. You're hoping for, obviously, a bit more health than he's had the last couple of years. Uh, he's a guy that's seen 20-something targets in a game from Terry Carr, so he's got the ability to actually hold onto a lot of volume. Uh, you're just hoping that he has a breakout and he's that tight end two to three because that's that's where you get some real value out of drafting him. Lovely. So, New York Giants, it's pretty much Jones, Barkley, Waller, and if someone happens to emerge from the quagmire of wide receivers, by the look of that, over to Dallas who came second in the division. They also made the playoffs. They have a couple of guys who are worth talking about. 
we were pretty polarized on Dak. These two have got guns drawn at midday on where he finishes the quarterback, which I love. Ooh. Now, Taylor's got his finger guns out too. I'm waving finger guns around like nobody's business. So I need to put them away. Dak, I'm going to start with you, man, Jot, because uh, at 13, Taylor didn't love him. You're a bit more excited about him. Give us the sales pitch on Dak. I think if he limits his turnovers and actually plays confidently at Less quarterback. Less than 10. Less than 10. Less than 10, according to him. Yes. If that was just intercepts, not turnovers, wasn't it? It was just intercepts. intercepts. That's and intercepts. he didn't actually say less than. He said he just isn't having 10. He isn't having 10. Yeah. <laughs> so he might have more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as long as he doesn't have 10, then I'll be happy. I, I think he could be a top 10 quarterback in fantasy. I know that's a stretch, but... We've seen him do it before. I think I'm pretty sure he's just been a very consistent quarterback all these years. And I don't know why it can be changed after an offseason last year. I-, I think with new weapons such as Brandon Cooks being added in there, you know, new tight ends being added in, then I think there's a potential that Dak and his game can be elevated even further. And then there's also that external pressure of this being a win now season for them. I think Dak's going to thrive under that pressure as well. Ooh, I love hearing a 49ers fan talk up a Dallas quarterback. Tate, you and I are much cooler on Dak. Clearly, in a 10-team league, we'd be less excited to have him. But tell us your concerns on Dak again. Well, I'm going to start with a non-concern. And breaking news, fellas, I'm actually a lot more in on this Dallas passing game than I was probably about a month ago. Now that's Thank not you, say, drunk. <laughs> now, yeah, oh, just just a few beers, just a few beers. But you're forty. This, is, yeah, okay. this isn't this isn't me backtracking on the the Dak call. I still okay. have a lot of reasons as to why I don't think he's going to be top ten. But this is more me looking at this team and looking at what they have or haven't done with their roster and saying there is no way that they're going to go this full-run offense that I thought they might have been doing when they had Schottenheimer come in as their offensive coordinator and the fact that McCarthy said that they were scoring too many points too quickly last year. That was my biggest worry in the preseason. But you can't look at this team and, and, and say that they've done anything to make you think that they're going to run the ball a lot. Like, they haven't added anyone. They haven't added a single running back. Ronald Jones is now actually suspended for two games. I know they could add a Zeke or someone like that later, but right now as it stands, they are not showing me at all that they are planning to run the ball more than they did last year. They bring in Brandon Cooks. Michael Gallup's a year removed from an ACL. You know, I talked up how I like uh, guys that have actually, um, you know, come back from a a major injury a year out. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to actually have a bit of a better year than I probably was looking at a little while ago. My issue... I will get to now with Dak. Once, his his defense is still amazing. He doesn't have to do much. And the problem is he doesn't run. And I don't understand. I don't see why all of a sudden he's going to run the ball. That was when you saw a top five Dak or a top seven Dak in in fantasy. And I just don't think we're going to see it again. I don't think they're going to need to do it. I don't think they're going to be behind in enough games. I don't think they're going to have a defense that's leaking points and you're going to see Dak need to air it out. The only time you ever saw Dak airing it out and getting four or 500 yards was when their defense was horrendous. Like, their defense was so bad back when Dak was an actual top five asset, and you're not going to see that at all this year. Any- Taylor! 
the tailor. Sorry, this is a voice of public opinion chipping in. Isn't Dak on his second year back from a major injury? Yep, but Dak <laughs> is getting a sack whack from his defense. Like he's not getting <laughs> any ability to to air it out at all because his defense isn't going to give up enough points. And even if they give up some points, they're probably going to have an intercept, buddy. They're going to have a pick six themselves. Trayvon Diggs is just fucking he gives up a touchdown and then scores one. He just yeah, it just it isn't, gonna, it isn't going to help. Um, Dak at all when he's just standing on the sideline watching this defense score and then give the ball back to the other offense. Like, I've watched this Cowboys team too often being a, a CeeDee Lamb dynasty owner and just, I've had Dak in the past too in in, uh, in fantasy leagues and it's so frustrating just to watch the defense score so quickly and be up 14-0 and Dak just has to do nothing and I just don't see why that doesn't happen again. Okay, so then... You touched on the Pollard stuff. Manjot, we, we've all been pretty high on Pollard. We've got him ranked on that edge of the top five at running back. Does this change your outlook at all? It's interesting to see, like, where everyone's got him ranked. I mean, some sides have got him, what, around pick 18, pick 24. Like, around there, I would say, Pollard, he's getting all that value around there. So, with Pollard and his value... I think he's a very valuable running back to where he is being drafted because, hey, look, he could be running back one at the end of the year. Who knows? Like, that that's where I'm thinking, like, Pollard's value is. He's got a lot of value behind him. I know what Taylor said. Hey, they may have not improved the running game, but that also means more touches for Tony Pollard, and I think that's only good thing for him. He was really explosive last year, especially when he got more touches. I think this year, if, if they continue to feed him, I think that's good. I think that's real good for his value. That's what I'm liking. Now, when I typed this up, I actually had a little chuckle to myself because what is more Aussie than cooking lamb? And the wide receivers at Dallas are cooks and lamb. And that made me really laugh to myself quite a lot. It's not very funny, but I was really amused. <laughs> uh, but I had it funny. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But look, so we are all in agreement that CeeDee Lamb is a terrific wide receiver. We've got him all very comfortably ranked within our consensus top 10, and I think that's right. But Brandon Cooks is a little bit more of a wild card. We've all got him ranked sort of in that 30 to 40 range, so none of us really know what to expect from him. Manjot, you and I have definitely talked about how we think he's got a real role to be that sort of sneaky, just grab a lot of short passes kind of guy. Is that still where you sort of see his value? For PPR, that's a little valuable, right? Yeah, I think that's where you can find a lot of his value. I think, you know, CeeDee Lamb being the top wide receiver, he's probably going to be up there at the number, I would say around top 10, top 8, potentially. Yeah, I think Brandon Cooks slots behind pretty well there as well. I think, you know, potential for Brandon Cooks to have a decent season, especially helping out C.D. Lamb. I mean, we've seen Dak Prescott support Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb to become, I think it was like top 20 they finished, both of them, in one season. Uh, so that that's definitely possible with Brandon Cooks and uh, C.D. Lamb and himself. I think C.D. is a lot closer to his prime right now than, you know, when he was with Amari Cooper, obviously. And I think Brandon Cooks, even though he'd be older, a lot older than when Amari Cooper was there, I think it kind of just balances out that CD's more in his prime. So 
I think that's definitely a good sign for Dallas and their passing attack. I think Brandon Cook's in like his ninth season. I don't even think he's turned 30 yet. I think he was one of those really young rookies too. So I'm not terribly yeah. concerned about how long he's been around and how old he is. But Tay, um, you were definitely the coolest on Brandon Cooks, which, oh, fuck it. This time last year, you were really cool on Brandon Cooks and you and I had a big fucking fight about it. So, you know, I expect <laughs> that maybe this might change a little bit and you might come to my party because I'm a little bit higher on Brandon Cooks. What's the likelihood? He's getting passed around like a blunt, mate. Like he just—I yeah. don't know why oh. he like gets traded so often. But I'll give him some credit. Like he he goes to different teams and he just has absolute nonstop production. Like he he always he always plays better probably than expectation every single team he's on. And I, I do think it is actually a plus for Dak him being there. I I honestly, if if it was just if there was no him or Gallup, I would probably be be in on the person that's there, if that makes sense. Like, the frustration yeah. is that C.D. Lamb is is just in that perfect age, as Manjot mentioned. Like, he's ready to break out and be this absolute star. Like, he had a great season last year. He's probably only going to get better and better. He's in his prime. That I would have actually been in on for fantasy either Cooks or Gallup if, if it was only the it was only one of them, but yeah. the fact they're both there, it's sort of frustrating. And I just think that they're both going to sort of eat into each other's work as that wide receiver too. And it's going to be a little bit frustrating. And like I said, the the defense from the Cowboys just stops so many um, like opportunities for this team to actually grow on offense. And yeah, it, it just makes me worry about taking either of them in fantasy this year. Like if, It'd be one of those things that halfway for a year, if one of them got an injury or something like that, I'd be all over the other one. Yep. Like a like white on rice, brother. Or like white on rice. Yep. But, you know, we don't have him ranked that way, T. We've got him ranked, Brandon Cooks, clearly miles ahead of Michael Gallup, who yep. is ranked between 55 and not ranked. And, I mean, we ranked 60. So, he's kind of way out in the car park when it comes time to, you know, line up who we think is where. Yeah, that I is trust- just based on we haven't seen him, right? Is that the whole reason we hate him? For sure. I trust Cooks as a standalone value more than Gallup. Uh, but like I said, if, if if Cooks was to go down, I think Gallup would have a, actually have pretty decent value as the two behind Lamb and then obviously vice versa. Mm-hmm. If uh, if Gallup was to go down, I think that would actually give um, Cooks even more value. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, Gallup's a real forgotten guy there too. Yeah. I haven't forgot he's still on the team, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like, no offense to him. I just, I was no, like, cut oh, to a shot of Michael Gallup being like, "Fuck you, man, Jot." <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, sorry to Michael Gallup. But, you know, I, I legitimately forgot. <laughs> hey, he's on the team, you know. <laughs> I'm just imagining Michael Gallup being like, you know, fuck that man, Jot, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, with all this said, though, at wide receiver, um. Tay, I need to ask you, does Ferguson still smack that ass up? <laughs> yes, sir. No, uh, I I thought there was an opportunity to, but I really don't trust the the tight end position of the Cowboys. They they seem to just have a prototype. They seem to have like four white white guys that you just have no <laughs> idea who it is. And I honestly feel like you would start Ferguson and then all of a sudden someone would catch it and you'd be like, yes, Jake Ferguson's caught it. And they'd be like, no, it's the tight end four. It's uh, it's Schoenmaker or it's <laughs> it's Hendershot it's or it's it's just like all these guys that just seem to look exactly the same. And I, right. I just don't think I could trust any of them in fantasy. 
I think all of them are three syllable surnames at the moment too, which is only even better. Uh, Mendershot. Yeah, you and I. Shot. Are you doing Ferguson. the classic? Yeah, Ferguson. yeah. Show Oh, there we go. Four. There well, it depends. Go. If you're like me and you just cut corners, you schoonmaker. <laughs> <laughs> schoonmaker. Yeah. Love a schooner. Yeah, love a schooner. Uh, so they're all <laughs> – and they, Taylor's right. You you see a guy catch the ball and you go running off. And last year I was like, Schultz! No, no, it was Fergberger taking, <laughs> taking off Schultz. And Schultz used to do that to Witten. There's this definite prototype of the uh, tight end there at the moment. D- do you think there's any value for Ferguson in the standard league this year? Look, uh, I'm really hoping so because <laughs> – Remember, we went high on Jake Ferguson because of me last season during the training camp. I said that he was taking T1 raps, and then we all went super high on Jake Ferguson. I think if he was beating out Dallas Goddard at camp last year, getting T1 raps, I reckon, you know, he can beat out any of these guys, even Henshaw. Yeah. So Dalton Schultz. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, what did I say? I keep... Uh, Dallas got it. <laughs> Dallas got it. Yeah, no, my bad. I got <laughs> Dallas and Dalton absolutely confused. But yeah, Dalton yeah. Schultz. Yeah, that's who I meant. It my makes sense given meant. we're talking about Dallas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my brain is <laughs> actually so fried. My brain's so fried right now. But, you know, once he beat out Dalton Schultz, I'm like, I'm confident my boy Jake Ferguson can actually go out there, beat any of these other guys. But, hey, you know, who's actually starting a tight end anyway? They're all fucking clones, aren't they? Like, they're all the same clones. If you could just pick white tight end at Dallas, (laughs) like, as, like, a general tight end position, I feel like that would actually be okay. Because, like, (laughs) that is just saw this, like, tall, gangly white guy catch a touchdown, unless you know you're getting the touchdown. (laughs) So, white man can jump. If you can pick team defense, what about just having team tight end? Just no matter who, you know, whichever team's tight end. That would be all right. I'd play that version of fantasy, 100%. Uh, all right, so I think we can put Dallas Cowboys away. We're saying, Dak, worthwhile, depending on your flavor. Pollard, we love. Lambs, we we love lamb. And uh, uh, we don't know what to do with Cooks because we don't know what to do with Gallup. But we've got them ranked in a way that Cooks should probably be on your radar, but don't forget about Gallup. Ferguson might not smack that ass, son. Someone's going to be smacking that ass, son, whether it's him or not. Uh, and that's about all we've got for Dallas. Moving into the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts, who's been, again for us, somebody who we've all got ranked in that top couple. I saw a guy rank Jalen Hurts at five last week, and he just got rained on in Instagram world for putting him outside the top four. Uh, None of us are crazy enough to do that. Tay, you've really got a bit of Hurts love. You got him at number one. I can't fault your pick. It's not where I've got him, but I get it. Yeah, it was it was a change I made about a week ago. I was honestly just just having a bit of a thought process about everything I've seen from Jalen Hurts so far, and even in his like first proper season as a quarterback, even though he wasn't a great passer, he was so consistent. Like he 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 never got anything over like twenty three, twenty four points, but he never got anything under like eighteen. He was amazing, and like he. 
his rushing game and that 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 play that they do where they just push his asshole into the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> they just literally just like one yard out. They're just like, no, we're never giving this to a running back ever. We're just shoving his ass into the end zone and it never gets stopped. It is the most impossible yep. thing to stop in the history of the NFL. Like it is so easy yep. for him to get touchdowns. And, and it is so valuable for fantasy. But just generally, he's he's an unbelievably consistent quarterback at, in fantasy for the last two seasons. Even even the year he couldn't pass that well. And then you bring in A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith's only getting better. Dallas got it's there. Like, I honestly think they're going to be in a bit closer games this year I've talked about. I honestly think the sky's the limit. I, I, I honestly think he could be having a Kelsey-like year in the quarterback position. I think he has the potential to absolutely dominate and be the one by mile this year. I'm not. I'm not projecting that he is. I'm not saying that he's going to be so far in front of every other quarterback. But I just think that enough is there for me, and I'm I'm confident that he's in that top three so hard that I think he has the biggest upside, and that's why I'm putting him at one. Like what's tough about him. And what his ranking is, is like where he's ranked relative to guys like, you know, Josh Allen and Mahomes. Like, that's it. And Lamar, of course, got him above Jalen Hurts myself. And I think relative to where everyone is, that is where, you know, that's where it gets interesting. Um, For Jalen Hurts is relative to where he is amongst that elite quarterback. So, honestly... Yeah, I I just think it's I think it's you know a good ranking if you have him in the top four. Yeah, I mean, and I think in terms of all quarterbacks, I mean, they're all sort of going in that halfway through the second round to halfway through the third round, that elite tier. So if you're taking any of these guys in that range, I don't think anyone's going to be too mad about it. We all understand the upside of Jalen Hurts. He throws, he runs, he scores touchdowns two ways. It's not a lot to analyze yeah, there if you're going to take him. Possibly the best offensive line in the league. That Possibly, battle. right? Um, the the game gets a whole lot more different at running back. You've got um, Swift and Penny look like the two lead options there in a stable of about 26 running backs. I had a quick look down their running back list here today. There are guys I've never heard of, and there's about 20 guys I have. So <laughs> where do we start? I think we've got to start at, uh, at DeAndre Swift, don't we? Yeah, Jalen Hurts is a great running back. You know, he he's an absolute dominant running back one. No, no, I, I, he I, could he, be. He I, could uh, be their running back one yet. We don't know. I, I also uh, remember I stole Rashad Penny out of um, out of Brendox's grasp last last yeah, week. Yeah, he the, was hot pissed uh, <laughs> on the on the mock draft, and he was looking to take moonshots. Uh, he really, they have just basically taken two of the most like guys that have unrealized potential at the running back. I guess is the best way I could put it. And guys yeah. that have just been injured and they're basically in their entire career and could be a lot better than they've actually shown. And I think the Eagles are kind of just like, let's take both of these guys. Let's take Penny, let's take Swift. And if one of these guys can stay healthy, <laughs> we are going to be in great shape this year behind that off- offensive line. And then you've obviously got guys like Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell that have an opportunity to, to run the ball in as well. But, like for fantasy, where they're going, I'm kind of fine with all of them because none of them, because all the other guys are there, none of them are getting overdrafted either. I would say Swift is maybe overdrafted, but at the same time, if you want to take a shot on him, that's okay. 
But um, Rashad Penny, where he's going, I'm perfectly fine of taking the shot because he he's like he's looking like he's going to be your running back four or five on a team, and you take that shot, and if he gets injured early, just go to someone else. Yeah, I mean, we've got to get him ranked in the 30 to 35 range each, but their ADP is more like Swift in the seventh round, Penny in the 11th round. Yep. Knowing that, man, Jot, who do you want? I go Penny. I'd rather the yeah. lower drafted guy. Had the value. Yeah, the value, that's the real reason. It's because I'm not entirely sure what this, you know, Philadelphia backfield's going to look like. So, honestly, I'd rather take the guy that has the lower sort of draft capital investment but could have still the same sort of ceiling. So, I'm going to take Penny. Because if you've got an injury risk, right, you always want to take them at a low price because it's yeah. like it's it like it's honestly what Brendock said. It's a moonshot. It's like it's if you're going to take a moonshot, you want to actually have not much value predicated on that pick. If you're taking a seven, even the seventh round is still pretty high. Like especially if you've gone wide receiver heavy or something, and you like he's your running back two to three, you kind of need value out of that. So. Swift to me is almost a little bit too high. Like, put it this way, I've done, you know, me guys, like I've probably done 60,000 mock drafts just like sitting there on my phone. I don't think I've taken Swift in any, but I've probably taken Penny, God knows, like probably 10 to 20% of my mock drafts. Yeah. And, I mean, we talked about it in the ranking show too. We kind of love the opportunity that Penny's got. There is other mouths to feed. There's still guys like Gainwell and Boston Scott running around. You've got Jalen Hurts there to take volume. So, you know, it's all pretty uncertain. But, um, look, it's it's really funny to hear Manjot too say, hey, you want to – where it's a bit iffy, you want to take the lower investment. But uh, when it comes to Tampa Bay, we're going to talk about that same take with wide receivers later, Manjot, because fuck me, you gave us some hell about the Chris Goldman take last time around. So, putting a pin in that – We'll come back to that, mate. Uh, last words on Philadelphia Eagles come to wide receivers. Firstly, um, we have been pretty blanket unanimous about where we like AJ Brown. He is between five and eight. And that is everybody is in agreement on that in, in our little world. I've seen him ranked as low as wide receiver 11. That is the lowest I've seen him. That guy needs a head injury assessment. Tate, you're our highest at five. Give us the reasons why. Yeah, bring the oyster back. <laughs> I'm gonna have a lot of. I'm gonna have a lot of AJ brown, brown oyster. I'm gonna have a lot of AJ Brown. <laughs> like it's yeah, okay. so obvious. And and the thing was last year, like a lot of people tried to say that I was, you know, a little bit butthurt about like him going to the Eagles and stuff. But that was purely against the Titans. Like it was not a good trade. Like it was a nope. bad. It was a bad situation. Obviously, Robinson got fired because of it. It just didn't make any sense for where the Titans were. They were an older team. They were win now. It didn't make any sense to all of a sudden trade one of your best assets for a rookie. Like to mm-hmm. to, to bring in a rookie, it just made no sense. So I was never against AJ Brown, the player. I I, I did believe that. I needed to see him have a injury-free or at least relatively injury-free year to be more in on him because I, I was against where he was getting picked last year because I think he was a round wide receiver. I don't know. I think it was around like 10 or 11 or something yeah. last year. I'm like, well, I can't trust him in a run-first offense and he can't stay healthy. I've just watched him have a year where he stayed healthy. I think they're going to pass more. This team is so good on offense 
and I am just so in. He had an unbelievable year. It was a 1,700 yards or something last year. Like I said, he stayed healthy. I think they pass even more this year. Um, offensive line is unbelievable. I just don't see how this offense takes a step back. I think it only gets better. And that if they're in closer games, I actually think you're going to see more of AJ Brown in third and fourth quarters than you saw last year. They were pumping the living shithole out of teams last year. <laughs> like they were up by like 30 at half time. I, I don't know exactly what the breakdown in points was, but it was something like they scored at 70 to 80% of all their points in the first half last year. Like It was just absurd, and you weren't getting a full game out of these guys. You were getting a good enough fantasy performance because they were scoring so many points in the first half. But overall, you kind of want to see like an even amount distributed between the whole game. And I just yeah. think AJ Brown's going to be involved in closer games, and you're going to see huge, huge performances from him. And I've got him at five, wide receiver five, and that's that's actually well ahead ADP, and uh, that's why I think I'm going to have a lot of him. Now, Manjo, we're a little cooler on him, um, not a heap. I mean, because we're all in that sort of band. But what leads you to be just a little less confident? Yeah, honestly, when I'm looking at AJ Brown. I'm a little less confident because it's just the guys above him, I guess. Nothing about his ability. I think he's definitely, you know, whatever I've got him was seven or eight, I think it was. Yes, you had a seven last rankings, yeah. So low, hates him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, with where I have AJ Brown in my rankings, like, I just think, you know, I I trust Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs more. That's just why why I don't have him at five like Taylor does, to be honest. So like that's that's really all I have to say. Like Taylor's covered everything. About AJ Brown, like he's a baller. He's a guy that can really get those contested catches. He can do the yards after catch, aka the yak. So look, there's a lot to like about AJ Brown. It really translates to fantasy, and I think, you know, that's real good for him and the team. Now, look, where we are, we've got him ranked as our seventh overall in consensus, and it turns out it's a little bit sleeper. He's he's number six. His compatriot there, Devonta Smith, you guys are a little lower on him. I'm way up at 15. Even sleeper's got him as the 14th wide receiver. Do you need me to tell you guys what you're missing there, or would you like to explain your ignorance yourselves? I, uh, <laughs> I, it's such a funny thing, right? Because it, it is always funny when you all of a sudden see that, like, generally an ADP and, and the fantasy community is higher on you. I don't feel like I'm low on him. Like, like, as in, I, I feel generally that I, I'll, I'll take it just to sort of step back, right? I like yeah. sometimes in fantasy, you like to take your shot on just like general offenses being great or, yeah. parts of offenses being good and you want pieces of those. I really, really am in on the Eagles passing offense this year. Like I said, I just think they're going to pass so much more. And that honestly predicates to Devontae Smith taking a step forward too. I'm not saying just because I am so high on AJ Brown that I think Devontae Smith's just going to be left behind as well. I think he's going to have a great year. I, like Manjot just said about like, you know, that top five, I just struggled to put like some of the other guys behind him. Like there were just other guys I just liked a little bit better. And because I'm so high on AJ Brown, yeah. it really, really made it hard for me to all of a sudden say, oh, Devontae Smith's going to be a top 10 guy or anything like that. But 
he's one of these guys that I'm just like happy to miss out on and be wrong on because I just think it just generally means it's going to be good for Hertz as well um, and that offense in general in the passing game. If I'm wrong on Devontae Smith being, what was I, 18 or something like that? Um, yeah, 19, yeah. 19, yeah. I, if I'm wrong and I'm too low on that, then so be it. But I just think generally this passing offense is going to be great. But I'm, not, I'm definitely not low on him, put it that way. He might even move up. I mean, not low on him the same way that Manjot's low on him. I mean, my God, Manjot is uh, – he's all caught up in this, like, Debo hype. And so we had a head-to-head bet with Devonta oh, yeah. Smith and Debo, oh, yeah. which we all know I'm right about. So you might as well just dunk yourself in water. Uh, Manjot, I know that then we talked a little bit about why I had Devonta Smith so high, and you came back going, hmm, but it hasn't changed your mind with your rankings. So I, I need you to tell me why it didn't change your mind. The thing is, I, I just think there's, again, it's other receivers I trust over him. That's the real reason. Like, I mean, I know T. Higgins is a wide receiver too. I know Keenan Allen's sharing a bit, you know, out there with Mike Williams and Quinton Johnson. There's a lot of guys out there that are sharing, but I think they're better value than Devonta Smith, in my opinion. Even though Fantasy Pros has... Devonta Smith ranked as wide receiver 13. I just think that's way too high for him. I just think, you know, they got temper expectations of Devonta Smith this year because, you know, AJ Brown has taken all that passing work. I think that's where we really got to get AJ. I just think that's really where, you know, Devonta Smith and his value is, is really going too high at the moment. So that's why I'm thinking... Yeah, 18 felt about right for me. Tay, did you catch why I had shrunk the gap between these two guys? Did you catch that episode? I know that you were busy moving stuff. I did. <laughs> I okay. 100% did, and I understand I understand why. Like, I completely agree. I, it, 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 it just doesn't slow me down on AJ Brown, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I completely see the hype for... For Smith, I completely see it. And like I said, I'm so in on this passing game this year. But, yeah, yeah I, I still didn't 100% think that – like, I could actually see both of these guys being top 10. Yeah, there's a world where that happens. And I'm just – so and, and for those who didn't catch this one, essentially these guys get about the same amount of receptions game. Devonta Smith, 5.6, and AJ Brown had 5.2. Their average reception's a little different, so AJ Brown's catching a slightly longer ball. Okay, cool. But then they're scoring the same amount of touchdowns. So if they're essentially the same guy, why are we drafting the polls apart? Well, it's because people have got this emotional connection with the idea that AJ Brown should be so much better. And he's not. But let's just pretend he is because that makes it a little bit easier for everyone's stomach. And I'll just be right. And that's okay. So that that's Philadelphia's wide receivers in a nutshell. There's going to be guys like Quez Watkins and shit like that pop up. We're not going to talk about them because they're not fantasy relevant until they prove otherwise or someone is injured. The next guy in the le- lineup who is fantasy relevant is Dallas Goddard. And Tay, you are big on Dallas Goddard. We have a bet on this guy. Hit me with that song. <laughs> it's it's just, I, I, I've talked a lot <laughs> about this passing game. Like I just said that you, I'm predicated on just like picking offenses and why I think they're going to be high up in fantasy this year. And I just think they're going to be in closer games. They're going to be passing more. And Dallas got it, I think, was tight end three during the period before he got that, that sort of major injury during the middle of the year. 
And I just don't see why that wouldn't happen again. Um, that might be the one sort of thing that would stop me from thinking that Devontae uh, Smith is all of a sudden going to have a bit of a like breakout season is I just think, God, it's going to be so relevant in this passing game for the Eagles. Um, yeah, I, I just I just trust this offense so much and I trust God it too. And, and there's just no reason to not think that he's going to be in the upper echelon of tight ends. How'd you like that Super Bowl performance too, where he had like six catches and every single one was like a Schweppes classic catch. Like there was no simple catch. He had somebody draped all over him, somebody with their hands in there. He was falling over a sideline, over an official. Like there was just no simple catches. Um, and I'm like, yeah, well, that's not going to continue. But he did have a couple of really big games, which inflated his number. And this is our tight end score. So I can't really use that as an argument. Fair enough. Tight ends don't just score 13 points a game. They have 22 one, two and a half, 22. That's how they score. So I get it. It's a really funky position. There's very little that's stable there. I just think it's going to be a down year. Fair enough. If I'm also having Devonta Smith and AJ Brown getting a ton of volume, someone's missing out. Okay. If it's Dallas got it, fine. It's the least valuable position for me in fantasy. So that, that's where I'm at. Manjot, you're not as far down as we are. I think he might be dead. Do you think Manjot's dead? I think we've totally lost Manjot. Okay, uh, so technical difficulties with uh, consciousness. Um, that guy's going to get a head head injury assessment. We, we've managed to get through the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and that closes off the NFC. Um, Tate, are you going to stick with me while we plow through yep. the AFC? 100%, mate. Fucking come on. We're going to drop this into a whole new episode too, and this will come out in the following day. But through the magic of radio today, you and I, it's only going to take us a few seconds to arrive in tomorrow. Bwong! Oh. <laughs> this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Yeah, I had all the grand ideas in the lead up to this pick. And, um, <laughs> and every fucking one of them went out the window. <laughs> and he had just an absolute hodgepodge of horseshit at quarterback last year. It was unbelievable. But I totally agree with Taylor, and I'm sure he doesn't get many of that. Aussie? And maybe, yeah, maybe, Manjot, just because we spent a lot more time together, you're my flavour of the month. NFL. 80, is that Nick Bosa's Madden rating? <laughs> fantasy. I really just don't like fantasy football. Well, I think yeah. I'm <laughs> I need an explanation yeah. for I bet your ass. Have I ever been considered smart, though? I'm not sure. I'm waiting on Tyler and Taylor, so you and me both, we're both going to get absolutely we're gonna fucked. ride that dragon. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Yeah, I've just won the draft. <laughs> yes, I've just won the draft. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>